David said to her, Call me Zadok the priest, and Nathan the prophet, and Benaiah the son of Jehoiada. And so they came before the king, and the king also said to them, Take with you the servants of your Lord, and have Solomon my son ride on my own mule. Kings would ride on mules, and, and that's just what they did, and, and take him down to Gihon. Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with senior pastor and teacher Rob Kellogg. David requested Bathsheba to call to him Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, and Benahiah. These were three prominent leaders in Israel who did not support Adonijah as king. David knew who was loyal to him and who wasn't. David wanted the proclamation of Solomon as successor to be persuasive. He had five points to the plan. Ride on my own mule, let Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet anoint him, blow the horn, say, long live King Solomon, and he shall come and sit on my throne. We might say that God is just as concerned that we know that we are destined for a throne and will reign with Jesus the King. Now here's Pastor Rob. Shall build me a house in my courts, for I have chosen him to be my son, and I will be his father. Moreover, I will establish his kingdom forever, if he's steadfast to observe my commandments and my judgments as it is this day. And it makes you wonder, why is it now that David is telling everybody he could have told them a long, you know, a while back, like after Absalom had died, and, and maybe after um, you know, he knew and God spoke to him. Wouldn't that be a good time? But maybe David, I don't, I don't want to get into his head. I don't know why he didn't do it. But it created problems because now nobody knows until at the very end of this whole thing, as we're reading now, in the beginning they didn't know that. So Adonijah naturally assumes, well, I'm the heir apparent. And so he makes himself a king and tries to succeed his father. So back in our text, verse 14, it says, Then while you are still talking there with the king, and, and again, uh, Nathan now is, remember, he's talking to Bathsheba because he's trying to encourage He's trying to encourage Bathsheba to go speak to the king and remind him of these words Remember Solomon? <laughs> Remember the promise that you made, David? So then, Nathan says, While you are still talking with the king, I also will come in after you, and I will confirm your words. So Bathsheba, verse 15, went into the chamber of the king. Now the king was very old, and Abishag, the Shunammite, was serving the king. And Bathsheba bowed and did homage to the king. And then the king said to her, What is your wish? And then she said to him, My lord, you swore by the lord your god to your maidservant saying, Assuredly, Solomon, your son, shall reign after me, and he shall sit on my throne. So now look, Adonijah has become king, and now, my lord the king, you do not know about it. He didn't know about it. He was bedridden. 
His son is doing this and he doesn't know about it. And he has sacrificed oxen and fattened cattle and sheep in abundance, she tells him, and has also invited all the sons of the king, Abiathar the priest and Joab the commander of the army, but Solomon your servant he has not invited. And as for you, my lord, O king, the eyes of all Israel are on you, that you should tell them who will sit on the throne of my lord the king after him. In other words, (laughs) David, remember the promise? Because you've said nothing and you're doing nothing, it's happening. Something else is happening that God didn't want to happen. She said that otherwise it will happen when my lord the king rests with his fathers that I and my son Solomon will be counted as offenders. We're going to be hunted. And she, he made this promise to her, but only she and he evidently knew about it. Nobody else did. Otherwise Adonijah might not have wasted his time. And just then, while she was talking with the king, Nathan the prophet also came in. And so they told the king, saying, Here is Nathan the prophet. And when he came in before the king, he bowed down before the king with his face to the ground. And Nathan said, My lord, O king, have you said, Have you said, Adonijah shall reign after me, and he shall sit on my throne? Notice that Nathan didn't come in and accuse the king of losing his mind. He just he wanted to know the answer, because as his royal confidant, David would naturally share that information with him. And so he's kind of befuddled as well. He's like, have you said that Adonijah shall reign after you? And that he shall sit on your throne? For he has gone down today and he sacrificed oxen and fattened cattle and, and sheep in abundance and has invited all the king's sons and the commanders of the army and Abiathar the priest. And look, they're eating and drinking before him and they say, long live King Adonijah. But he has not invited me, (laughs) me, your servant. Why didn't Adonijah invite Nathan? Why didn't he invite Solomon? Why didn't he invite Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada? Why didn't he invite Zadok the priest? Well, because Adonijah knew that those were men loyal to his father. And so again, the line is drawn in the sand. Now Nathan is saying, he hasn't invited any of us. Do do you understand what's happening here, David? That's basically what he's doing in a very kind way. He's not accusing the king. He's just trying to get an answer. Did you want him to rule? Are we missing something? Is that what the king said? You know, trying to draw him out. But he has not invited me, me your servant, nor Zadok, nor Benaiah of Jehoiada, nor of your servant Solomon. He has, he ha- has this thing been done to, uh, by my lord the king, and, and have you not told your servant who should sit on the throne of my lord the king after him? And so David answered, and he said, Call Bathsheba back in. As the custom was, when a man came in, the, mother, the queen mother would leave. And then Nathan would speak, but now he brings her back into the room now. And King David answered and said, Call Bathsheba to me. And so she came into the king's presence and stood before the king. And the king took an oath and said, As the Lord lives, who has redeemed my life from every distress, just as I swore to you by the Lord God of Israel, saying, Assuredly, Solomon, your son, shall be king after me, and he shall sit on my throne in my place, so I certainly will do this day. And so David here He admits that he did not have this conversation, or excuse me, he admitted, 
by saying this in front of Nathan and, the, and let the matter, uh, every matter be established between two witnesses, right? So Nathan is here and Bathsheba is here establishing this fact of what was said. So David now admits that he did have this conversation with Bathsheba in prior years at some point in the past and now he's going to see that it gets done. And had he done it earlier, he could have avoided and see, I, I think there's something here for all of us, you know. Um, why wait when you've got things that you need to say, things that you need to do? Get them done. Don't wait, especially as you get older. You know, don't assume that you've got all this time in the world, you know. There's so many people who have, you know, um, you know, wills and things like this, and maybe they've got four or five kids, and maybe the dad is really wealthy, and the dad dies unexpectedly, you know, in a golfing accident, maybe he wrecked his golf cart in Hawaii and it went over the edge and he hit his head on a, on a volcanic rock and he died. Yes, I'm sorry, I had to fill that in. Unexpectedly he dies. Now he's got this fortune and all the kids, because he didn't get a will together, now the, all the kids are fighting over it. Now they hate each other. Of course, they probably will hate each other anyway. Uh, not always, but... Uh, <laughs> so. But do things while you can. Get things in order while you can. David didn't do this until the very last, and it was a really pitiful thing because it created something that didn't need to have happened. And it was just carelessness, I believe. So the verse 31. Then Bathsheba bowed her face to the earth and, and paid homage to the king and said, Let my lord the king live forever. And the king David said to her, Call me Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet and Benaiah the son of Jehoiada. And so they came before the king. And the king also said to them, Take with you the servants of your lord and have Solomon my son ride on my own mule. Kings would ride on mules and, and that's just what they did. And, and take him down to Gihon. Gihon Spring is just to the south of David's palace on the wall on the eastern side of the city of Zion there. And we, we actually visit this place. And you can actually go and see where Solomon was anointed king. There's a place right there in Israel for it, in the Gihon Spring, where that, that's where it happened. That's where they anointed their kings. And so there let, um, let Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet anoint him king over Israel here there at Gihon and blow the horn and say, Long live Solomon, and then you shall come up after him, and he shall come and sit on my throne, and he shall be king in my place. For I have appointed him to be ruler over Israel and Judah. And so Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, answered the king and said, Amen. <laughs> May the Lord God of my Lord the king say so too. And as the Lord has been with my Lord the king, even so may he be with Solomon and make his throne greater than the throne of my, of my Lord King David. And so Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, Benaiah the son of Jehoiada, the Cherethites and the Perethites, Pelethites, these were the bodyguards basically of David the king. They all went down and had Solomon ride on King David's mule and they took him to Gihon, which is this spring right there on the side of the wall in a really interesting place. And then Zadok, the priest, took a horn of oil from the tabernacle and anointed Solomon, and they blew the horn, and all the people said, Long live King Solomon. Now remember, as they're doing this, they're having a party about a half a mile down the road. Literally, it's about a half a mile 
from where Enrogal is from the Gihon Spring. So a half a mile away, Adonijah and his guys are eating like kings and having a party because he's thinking he's going to be king. And now David finally wakes up and he's like, we're going to anoint him today and he's going to sit on my throne today. <laughs> so they take him down there and there's a lot of rejoicing. All the people, except for those who are having the party, they're rejoicing, but now they hear something. Watch what happens. So all the people, verse 40, went up after him and the people played with flutes and rejoiced with great joy so that the earth seemed to split with their sound. And now Adonijah and all the guests who were with him about a half a mile away heard it as they were finished eating. If that, that'll give you a stomach upset to hear and wait, wait, wait till he gets a load of what's going to happen here. <laughs> so Adonijah and all the guests who were with him as they finished eating. And when Jacob, or excuse me, when Joab, who was in the company of Adonijah, heard the sound of the horn, he said, Why is the city in such a noisy uproar? And while he was still speaking, there came Jonathan, the son of Abiathar the priest. And Adonijah said to him, Come in, for you are a prominent man, and bring good news. And then Jonathan answered and said to Adonijah, No. It's not good news for you, Adonijah. Our Lord King David has made Solomon king. Think about how, how much fear must be just like a lightning bolt. Here they are just eating, they're eat, having, indulging in the flesh and partying, and they're drinking wine, and, and they hear this noise. A young man comes in and says, uh, I wouldn't put your hat on, I wouldn't put your crown on too quick there, bud. Because David just anointed Solomon to be king. And can you imagine the fear in Adonijah's heart? So the king has sent with him Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, Benaiah the son of Jehoiada, the Cherethites and the Pelethites, and they have made him ride on the king's mule. So it is official as official can get. He's got his prophet, he's got his priest, and he's got a men of the, the commander of the army and the Cherethites and the Pelethites. They're all going down. They've made this official at Gihon Spring. So Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet have anointed him king at Gihon, and they have gone up from there rejoicing so that the city is in an uproar. This is the noise that you heard. And also Solomon sits on the throne of the kingdom as we speak. <laughs> And moreover, the king's servants have gone to bless our Lord King David, saying, May God make the name of Solomon better than your name, and may he make his throne greater than your throne. And then the king bowed himself on the bed. And also the king said this, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, who has given one to sit on my throne this day, while my eyes see it. And then now the, the reality of this news hits Adonijah and all of his guests who are complicit with him. So all the guests who were with Adonijah, verse 49, were afraid. And they arose, and each went his way. <laughs> Can you see that? I mean, they're having a party, and now everyone's just kind of like, um, thanks for the meal, but you know, it's getting really late, and uh, I gotta go, uh, I gotta go, um, uh, I gotta go feed my fish back in my fish. I'll see you later, I gotta go. And everyone, just like mice, are scurrying away from him. They don't even want to be guilty by association now because of his treachery and his assumption. The party's over, and Adonijah is in deep trouble. So nobody wants to be around him now. Now Adonijah was afraid of Solomon, verse 50, and so he arose and he went and he took hold of the horns of the altar 
Solomon's temple, remember, had not been built yet, and so the altar at this time was still um, was still in the tabernacle, which Moses had built several hundred years prior to this, several hundred years. And this tabernacle was located at the high place in Gabeon, believe it or not. It was about seven miles northwest of Jerusalem. Now, you remember, David brought the Ark of the Covenant, which was just one piece of furniture in that tabernacle. He brought the Ark of the Covenant into the city of Zion, and he built another tabernacle for it. But the other elements of the tabernacle are still up in Gabeon. And they wouldn't be, um, and, and Solomon is going to create all new stuff. You know, God is going to give David the blueprint for all of these things. So, um, let's see here. So it was told Solomon, saying, Adonijah is afraid of King Solomon. For look, he has taken hold of the horns of the altar. And people would do this if they are guilty of something and taking hold of the horns of the altar where they would do sacrifice. That was basically, you're basically saying, I want mercy. Because if God has been merciful you know, to all of us by allowing an animal to be sacrificed, then have mercy on me too. right? And that was his, um, that's why he clung to the altar. And I won't spoil it. You guys probably know, if you read the Bible, you already know what's going to happen. But we'll look at that next week. But... It was told um, Solomon that, indeed, Adonijah is afraid of you, King Solomon. For look, he has taken hold of the horns of the altar, saying, Let King Solomon swear to me today that he will not put his servant to death by the sword. And then Solomon said, If he proves himself a worthy man, not one hair of him shall fall to the earth. But if wickedness is found in him, he shall die. And I love this um, Solomon learned this, I'm sure, from his father David. David was a very merciful man. And Solomon here is being very merciful to Adonijah. But I will say that Solomon, as we get to know him a little bit better, and as we see his character developing, where David was a little bit more, I think, a little more compassionate, uh, Solomon is just like, he gives a little bit of rope, and then the rope is cut. And he gave Adonijah a little rope to... You know, to walk, and if he was decent and he wasn't trying to do anything uh, slippery, he would live. But if he was going to continue on this treachery, Solomon was going to kill him. And so, King Solomon, verse 53, sent him to bring him down from the altar, and he came and he fell down before King Solomon, and Solomon said to him, Go to your, ho- go to your house. That's all it said. Go to your house. In other words, you're going to live. I don't want to see or hear anything from you. I could kill you right now, but go to your house. That's all he said to him. And Adonijah knew right then, if I played by the rules and I didn't stick my nose where it shouldn't be, I'm going to live. And we'll look at more of that next week when we look at chapter 2. But I believe that Solomon knew this wasn't going to be the end of Adonijah. But you know, what an, what an interesting thing as we, uh, as we just stop here and you know, look at these things. You remember when the Lord told David and Nathan the prophet told him, God speaking of course through the prophet, that the sword would never depart from David's house. 
that as a result of his sin, that there would be consequences. And, and we're starting to see, even now, the consequences. And we're going to see them come to even fruition in the next chapter. And it's kind of an unfortunate thing, but I, I, I come away with this, and I think, David, if you'd only just spoken up earlier, you could have avoided people dying. <laughs> you could have avoided this from happening, perhaps. I mean, maybe Adonijah, even if he knew that Solomon was going to be the king, maybe he would still attempt a coup like Absalom did. Maybe he would try to do that. But David just, he didn't, he, he didn't communicate that very well. And so I want to encourage you tonight. One of David's great character flaws, I think, was, was that very thing. Just kind of being checked out as a dad. He was a great king, he was a great man, but he had flaws just like all of us. But, you know, let's learn from that and, and communicate well with your family members. Communicate well with those around you. Try not to leave things unspoken and, and things with a question mark. Make things obvious and open and let everybody know what's going on. I mean, that's what love does, doesn't it? I mean, sometimes you have to conceal a matter, but love is, you know, especially in a family, you know, just be open and be honest and speak when you can and while you can because you don't know when your time's up. Because when you don't, you create problems. You create lots of problems by not communicating. And one of the things I see in this is that David, this is just one of those things that he could have avoided. And so... Let's endeavor not to do that. Let's, let's be communicators. Let's not hide things and keep things in the shadows and keep question marks over people's heads. Yeah, it can be uncomfortable. But truth is always good. Truth always works. And being transparent is usually better than not. Amen? Let's stand and pray. Father, we just thank you for this time together. And Lord, we pray that we would learn from David's life. Lord, as we see these things. And Lord, just have your way with us. Lord, help us to be... Lord, I believe that you are the greatest communicator of all time. Lord, you're still communicating to us. You've given us your word. And Lord, you saw fit to make sure that it all came to us. And we have it all in our hands, and we have great assurance over it. And Lord, you've been speaking to our hearts. You speak to us through other people. Lord, you're a great communicator. You've told us things to come before they occur, that it would soothe us and encourage us. And Lord, I pray that we would learn from that, and that we would learn to be great communicators in the, in the, in the, area, in the, in the era, in this time that we live in, Lord, with all the deception around us. Lord, help us to be the exact opposite, Lord, to be so clear and precise and no shadows, no question marks. May we know where we stand with others and where others stand with us. Help us to be lovingly kind, but Lord, to be truthful even if it hurts sometimes. Help us not to back away. Lord, we just thank you. And we thank you for this, this, uh, this passage. Open our hearts, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 
I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for today, but please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of 1 Kings. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as our location, service times, information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, and information regarding Bread of Life Academy, our new school opening in the fall of 2023. Just click the school link at the top of the page for more information. Additionally, you may also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester's Sanctuary Messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play Podcast or Apple Podcast. You may also join us on Sundays and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.